Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals, a podcast where we talk all things animal communication. Uh, I've had a listener email that has asked me to cover rescue animals after having a particularly poor experience with one. So I thought that was a good topic to cover for today because there seems to be a lot of myths or fables about what communication can and can't do and general expectations of rescue animals. Now, rescue may be from a pound, um, it may be more extreme from a laboratory, something like that. It may be as simple as picking up a horse from the sales, as I did with my Mia. Uh, it was either me or the meat guy, so fortunately for Owen, she went to me and um, not into a can of pal. Now, some animals obviously come with more baggage than others. Some come with more physical issues than others. Now, communication can be very, very helpful for these, but an animal is perfectly capable of telling you what they want you to know rather than what actually is. I remember one dog in particular that said it was wonderful with children and it could think of nothing better than to go and live with a couple of young children. Now, this dog was in a pound that was a kill shelter and its time was nearly up. So think of it like yourself. If you're about to head to the execution chamber, you're going to say pretty much anything to get out of that. When they got the dog home, the dog wasn't that great with children. Um, I suspected it had some bad experiences with them in the past. It was certainly had a few body issues um, and it was a dog with a fairly strong prey drive and two toddlers running around was not a good combination. Fortunately for this dog, it was rehoused. But this gives you an example of the fact that dogs can say, or any animal, not just dogs, but can say whatever they want you to hear in order for the situation to change. Now, cats will be the same. Not many cats are going to tell you, no, I never want to be inside. If, if, if it's the difference between getting to a good home where there's plenty of food, time out, one-on-one attention, or in an animal shelter. It's a given. Um, so these are sorts of things that animals will tell you. You've also then got people that want to know what's happened in the animal's past. And this is very much a human perspective. The amount of animals I meet that, with all well intentions, get caught, um, caught up with people that have counselling backgrounds and want to counsel the animals through trauma. Doesn't work that way. Species difference. Animals live in the here and now. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to come with baggage. They will. But you can't change the past. All you can do is give the animal appropriate boundaries and help it to cope 
moving forward. That's it. Now, you know, working through fears and that isn't easy for animals any more than it is for humans, but they will do so if given the time and the energy of the human. This may mean putting in a lot more work than you'd wanted to. That's part of getting a rescue. A lot of rescues will require a lot higher nutrition, a lot more supplements, probiotics and so forth. As my um, dog Tuvok used to say, if the blueprint is faulty, through no fault of their own, a lot of animals that wind up in a shelter or a kill pen, if it's a horse or something like that, often haven't had fabulous nutrition all the way through. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But it does mean as they get older, they don't often age as graceful and you need to provide a little bit more support. That's just how it works. My own um, so-called rescue mecca, he was on a chain. Life wasn't much fun for him. Um, He was very thin. He'd barely been with people. The associations he had, let's just be polite and say they weren't overly ideal. Um, He had an incredibly dedicated foster carer. And Kerry, I thank you yet again for one of the best dogs I've ever had. But even I thought I'd bitten off more than I could chew to start with. Now, talking to Mecco about what had gone on wasn't going to change anything. Um, Mecco was in a little bit more pain than I'd realised. Dogs are stoic. Any rescue animal with so-called behavioural problems, please always, always, always get them checked by a vet and or body worker because many of them have compromised bodies, immune systems, particularly the older animals. It's like you. You may have played football or rugby as a youngster. By the time you get to your 50s, you're generally paying for the sins of your youth. Animals are no different. So, yeah, with Mecco, I know he's got a lot of behavioural stuff, theoretically. 90% of that has disappeared in the last five and a half months as all the supplements and the bodywork and everything has started to kick in. He'll probably never be good with V8 cars. They set him off. Um, He's got one hell of an issue with uh, male tradies with boots. Yeah, we're working through that. But most of the rest of it, now do I need to know what's happened? No. Is that going to change his life in any way? No. All I need to do is get him to the stage that he's comfortable in my leadership, that he can deal with it, without working himself up or trying to kill a tradie, which really isn't politically correct. That's all he needs. We don't need to go in. We don't need to sort through the trauma. Yes, there are SN pharmaceuticals I have used and they have helped a bit. But at the end of the day, it's the leadership, the training and creating an environment that will set him up to pass, not set him up to fail. It's the same. I've got a horse that I took on from the kill pen. Um, yeah, she's, I had her 15 months. She's still got neck issues. She's got an old fracture to the stifle, but she has a horrendous, horrendous gut from the biggest tapeworm infestation I have ever seen a horse live through. So it may be a little while. Do I need to talk to her about what went on? No. All I need to do is provide appropriate boundaries for her, for her health, for her gut, all her groundwork all those sorts of things, and ultimately, yes, we will get on board when the gut has healed. Sadly for me, that may be another 12 months off. That's fine. I meet her nutritional, her mental, emotional requirements. I don't communicate that much with them. 
There seems to be a lot of peace, love and moonbeam stuff about communicating with rescues and saving the world. Doesn't work that way. Now, that's not to say it can't be incredibly useful. Um, I've had dogs tell me they've been hit by a car. That's a great shortcut to then finding a body worker and all of a sudden this so-called grumpy dog isn't grumpy or fearful anymore because it's not in pain. Yes, we can you know, use it as a helpful tool for things like that, but that doesn't mean that the animal doesn't have to go to the vet. It doesn't mean that the animal doesn't have to have the appropriate training, and that doesn't matter whether it's a dog, a cat, or a horse. Appropriate boundaries, appropriate nutrition. Communication works very, very well when used in conjunction with these. However, it is not a substitute for any of it. My mare, I'm assuming she's been started under saddle because when I jump on the mounting block, she tries to swing away in the same way as a horse avoiding someone putting their foot in the stirrup and jumping on. So I know she's been started. Am I going to talk to her about it? No. Ultimately, when I get the saddle on, If she's not comfortable, I'll send her to a friend of mine who's a brilliant horseman. He can do the initial start work if required, if I'm not good enough. Whether that happens or not, we'll find out in time. But communicating with her isn't going to, say, help the situation. If she's towy, a horse is a flight animal. Standing there trying to explain to her that something isn't going to hurt her when she's absolutely terrified of it or she's being chased by a dog, communication's not going to help in that moment. Good, appropriate boundaries are, as is training, as is setting the horse up for pass rather than fail, in as much as if you know there's a dog that on the fourth property that every single time you ride past it rushes out and chases your horse. You're either going to deal with the council to make sure the dog's tethered or you're going to go a different way. Again, this is simply not setting the horse up to fail. Explaining to the horse that that's what you're doing and why, I might, but that would be as far as it goes. Cats are exactly the same. A rescue animal, you may have to explain that this is your forever home. But you need to keep in mind, most animals do not have a concept when they've come from a really bad background of a forever home where they will be looked after. They may grasp the mental picture that you're giving, but it's the same as you. Grasping something mentally versus feeling it emotionally is a very, very different thing. And sometimes they just have to work through those fears. It's like, a dog that's worried about being dumped again. Sometimes you can blame what's going to go on and communication is very useful for that. But sometimes the owner just has to go away. You only do it for a night to start with or you know, with a pet sitter or a kennel, whichever they prefer or whichever works best for that animal and come back again. And sometimes that's the only way the dog or the cat will work through that fear of abandonment is when they work out that the owner does always come back. Now, obviously, communication is good with that, but as is setting up the environment that the animal's going to be in, taking it. If you're going overseas for three weeks, you don't just put your dog in a kennel and hope that it's going to cope. 
any good kennel, will, your dog will be in there for 24 hours to 48 beforehand. You'll know that it copes well with the kennel. They cope well with it. Any problems are ironed out before you go away. And as with us, you don't know what an experience is going to be like. You can't say to a dog, are you going to be okay in a kennel? If the dog's never been in a kennel, you need to have that experience before you know whether you like it or not and what it truly is. From that perspective, communication is no different across any species. You can't ask someone, do you like flying to the moon if they've never done it? You can't say to someone, do you like driving in a particular type of car if they've never done that? You can't ask a cat, are you going to be okay in a cattery if a cat has never had any experience of a cattery? This is where communication will help, but only to certain parameters. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, please feel free to like and subscribe. If you have any questions or any topics you would like me to cover, please drop me a line. Until next time, remember, let's learn to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.